0: Wonder if I can see myself on Facebook <laughs>
1: <laughs> Timeline Brands Group. Okay. It says preparing live stream preview. Can you see that? Um, I don't see anything on Zoom.
0: I just logged in on Facebook. Uh, and it says introduce messenger rooms for groups. I don't see anything. Rooms. Should we go into the room? Mm-hmm. Events. To going. Okay,
1: let me click on the... Okay, I think we're live. Uh-huh. Can, can you see it? Um,
0: I don't see anything on Zoom, but I um, I just accepted something on um, <laughs> on Facebook. So yeah, you let me know <laughs> if everything
1: is okay. I think so. I just typed in a title. Oh, and it says go live now. <laughs> now it says setting up your meeting for Facebook Live. Oh yeah, no, it's a meeting is not streaming.
0: But yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I see it now. Hooray.
1: <laughs> well, thank you for having me, Erica. <laughs> thank you for um, coming on. I appreciate that. Um, if you guys don't know, Ala is a co- event consultant. And I want to ask her about her experience about doing event planning. So, Ala, please tell us some of your great stories because I know you have a lot. <laughs> for sure. Um, so first of all, just a little bit
0: of my background. I actually started at the TV station and was working in the studio, live studio on streaming, uh, basically helping directors to and, um, and hosts, uh, news hosts to go on, uh, on air. Uh, but then I found a passion in sports and I, uh, qual- I changed my qualification to the sports producing. Um, then I moved on even further with the sports I worked uh, for the uh, Olympic Committee and I did um, press operations for the hockey arena in Saatchi 2014 then I kept on going with the sports but more on um, communication marketing and branding at Nike Uh, and then I joined a growth marketing conference team where I stayed for the past five years and probably excelled and um, learned a lot about marketing, about marketing events um, uh, and about organization, logistics and promotion and sponsorships and all that. So for the past five years, we were mixing in-person event with um, virtual events. Uh, We started our virtual events uh, four years ago, actually, Uh, we figured that it's one of the best ways to keep our community engaged uh, in between live events, because we would experiment every year, we would start with our annual event at the end of the year, actually, but then we would continue with one event in spring, and maybe one event one event one event in the summer and then so on and so forth. But in between we had to keep our community afloat. We wanted to engage with them. We wanted to do something um, something that would be an interest of it and um, I mean it was it was incredibly important and I do apologize. Um, someone is knocking my door and I'll
1: be right back. I'm so sorry. <laughs> It's all right. Um, Allah's done a lot of uh, work in the oh, yeah. event industry. I'm sure every job has taught her something so she can apply to the next job. Welcome back. Oh, I'm so sorry.
0: I'm so sorry. I did not expect. Uh, just just give me one second. All
1: right. So um, how I met Ala? we're in a... Um, mastermind group together. And she's helped us uh, a lot, helping all of us put together our own summits. So she's shared her knowledge uh, generously with us. Um, I think the favorite thing she's ever taught me was about um, our tickets and um, how we can have uh, just one. So people won't have too many distractions and um, you can offer it for free and then have like a, a duplicate page. So um, the duplicate page is an upsell. And I thought that was really neat. Um, another thing, um, one of our uh, favorite platforms is uh, Hey Summit. Uh, hey Summit um, lets you set up an event, but you would use Zoom or Big Marker or um, Let's say air meet. Oh, welcome back again. I am incredibly sorry <laughs> I
0: didn't know I didn't know that my boyfriend actually stepped out and he went out and yeah I'm, I'm really sorry I apologize for that so um yeah so what I was saying is basically that we decided that uh the engagement of the community is very important because we wanted them to come back for the conference uh in-person conference and um because we we couldn't we couldn't we we were doing these live events in-person events but much smaller groups um, back in the day. But again, our community started growing globally. So obviously, we couldn't invite folks from Australia to just attend a two hour event, like a meetup, right? So we wanted to give them something as well. So this is how we started doing virtual summits uh, for growth marketers. Uh, and we were able to bring 10,000. 10,000 registrants for this event, for these kind of events, they were free and they were specifically targeting only on uh, demand generation because we wanted to convert eventually those um, uh, those signups into um, our in-person um, attendees. And plus we wanted to give something of value to our community. So that was incredibly, incredibly important for us. Um, so what started happening is that we, Uh, We started getting more and more requests to post more um, on-demand videos. And we actually started with our first conference recording all the videos that um, from the in-person events and uploading them on our e-library and we would sell access to it. So we keep on monetizing even before the conference started because we would start selling virtual, um, virtual access to it and then we would give um, access to the attendees who couldn't, make it, uh, who couldn't make it to the in-person events as well as the virtual invet- events that we, uh, we would do twice a year. So that was the most organic way to grow your community and to actually sell more tickets because we would give them a gist of what's going to happen at the conference by inviting all these great speakers and giving these content for free uh, right now. And then they're like, "Oh, okay, so the content is great, and the network must be <laughs> even better. So I'll, I should go and check it out. And who who wouldn't like to travel to San Francisco? You know, especially when your company pays for it. So um, yeah, that that that's." That's something that we learned and we use uh, these kind of tactics back in the day um, uh, before the pandemic. But after pandemic, we already actually had um, one of the conference, one of the virtual summit scheduled because this is how we roll. This is that was our initial idea and it was happening regardless. So we were preparing for that. But it was really, really interesting because a few obstacles, because before. We would do those events um, and it was uh, strictly for demand gen purposes. But here we understand that events is our bread and butter and live events are not happening anymore. We cannot sell tickets and we cannot charge people for the virtual events because the um, the, the, the in-person event ticket would be from $500 to like $2,000, right? But then we move to virtual and everybody's given things for free virtually but for free so that was a huge dilemma for us should we charge or should we not charge if we don't charge how are we going to make it out there you know the business yeah. is is based on ticket sales and sponsorships What do we sell to the sponsors, because the main idea of the sponsorship is basically going to the conference, having a table at the expo hall and having one on one face to face conversations, and this is how you lock your potential customers, you know. Virtually, you cannot offer anything, like what kind of virtual networking you can offer back in April, um, like nothing. So um, what started happening is that we start talking to our community. We just turned to our community and started asking questions like, what do you want? What do you think will work uh, and not going to work? So the first event um from the technical standpoint, I think it was a good success because we already knew our um, tech stack. We knew how to um, we knew how to organize everything from the technical standpoint. Uh, we knew which platforms we're going to use. We knew how to record and go live. And um, uh, one of the uh like uh, there are two problems that we were trying to solve was basically sponsorships and um, the, the, the sponsors expo holes and uh, the second
1: one is networking. Um, so Wait, Alla, I, mm-hmm. I want to ask, um, how did you ask your uh, your community? Uh, what did they want? Did you do surveys and polls or did you have like a town hall? Yeah,
0: great question. So our our CEO was actually, he he um, he's incredibly connected. He's incredibly connected. He has like something 50,000 connections on LinkedIn. So this is something we always would leverage. So we would ask the most loyal um, attendees and the most loyal community members because we would always stay in touch with them one way or another. Would that be email? Would that be a LinkedIn message or anything like that? So we uh, we survey them uh, through our CEO's profile on LinkedIn. Uh, we send a mass mail, but very um, very personalized. Like we we usually we are big fans um, and adept of uh, Mail Merge because it allows you to craft your email very uniquely and very very personally um so we would send a bunch of those emails to our most loyal uh um customers and most loyal attendees and they would just get back to us with all this information that we needed from them so yeah that was uh that was one of the ways uh, to do that to collect this information
1: okay that's good yeah. to know
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, uh, it's 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 incredibly important to talk to your community, to listen to your community, to get to get the gist of what they want, to speak their language, and um, yeah, just um, always like, I know it's not probably a good idea to have your favorites, <laughs> but sometimes it's um, yeah, it's it's just the way it works. So yeah, like um,
1: uh,
0: favorite customers exactly yeah because I, i'll tell you um an interesting story so um one time our uh one of our attendees so he bought these um um he, he bought the most expensive um the more I, I apologize for that um yeah I'm so sorry So unexpected. Um, So he bought the most expensive, um, the most expensive pass, which included it was back in the day when in person events were happening. So he bought the most expensive pass, which included the the VIP dinner and something else and something else. So we we got a chance to become uh, really close friends with him. So we started learning about his company. He started started learning about our company, who is behind this conference. He didn't know anything about us. He just saw the lineup of the speakers. He saw that the networking opportunity, is great and everything was uh, just fantastic on, on his end you know. but he didn't know who is behind um, behind this conference. So we became friends. We started learning about his business, he started learning about us and um, the next event he actually became a speaker at our event. So he, um, he, he got to experience um, like other side of the event which is incredible because he experienced our project management, our onboarding processes, and how efficient the company was with everything that we line up in front of him. So he enjoyed that experience as well. So what do you know for the third time he came back as a sponsor, as a paid sponsor because he trusted, he knew exactly what to expect. He knew that we are delivering results that the event is very um, exactly what he's looking for in terms of uh, new clients for his own agency and so on and so forth. I mean, you never know how your community can help you and how you can impact on your community for sure.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm hoping with this group, that we can help each other. And I've always heard people do business with people they know, like, and trust. So exactly. it's good to have friends. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, having these conversations and like roundtables, um, be open for like Q&As and everything. Oh, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely increased uh,
1: the uh, chances for success. What do you think is the best way to get feedback from the community?
0: Um, first of all, if you have, uh, if you already have a platform, most of the platforms they already have these uh, polls or surveys installed in them, integrated in them. I, I should say, first of all, define your goal. What is your goal of this survey? Like, what are you trying to? learn from this data that you're collecting. So first of all, let's say you want to understand your community persona. You want to understand who are the people that are joining your community. So when you go and push the promotion, you can say, okay, join our community of da, 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 so you can say who these people are and you can throw all the stats and numbers at whoever you're trying to recruit into your community. So first of all, end goal, like understand your goal, like what are you collecting this data for? Mm -hmm. Second, as I said, like most of those platforms, they already have all these integrated integrated polls and surveys. Uh, Leverage your email, personal email, Basically saying um, hey folks i'm just conducting this uh, survey, because I want to learn more about you and more in in about the content that you're looking for or again whatever you are doing be be frank and honest with your community what you're doing there Um, so you collect these data points and they become um, an incredible value for you share it with your community as well Um, and another uh, another thing what you can do is when you do the event for instance and you are bringing your community uh, because of the event and you want to uh, improve the experience of the event, this is like a different goal. So you can send them a post event survey and my favorite number is five questions, no more, no less, five questions, uh, just to understand if um, if your attendees are getting a value off of it, uh, what they, what exactly did they like what would they change about your event so again you know your um, you know your audience you should be very savvy in the topic that you are bringing to your event and bringing to your community you need to understand that so you can ask all the right questions um, so these uh, these are probably my tips uh when surveying but yeah it's uh, it's all those tools in the platforms email just yeah just d- d- define be very clear with your goal that's yeah. that that will help for sure
1: that's a great answer uh, mm-hmm. if you don't start with what you uh want you will end up with just anything if you're not clear on your goals
0: <laughs> exactly mm-hmm. imagine that lots of um lots of marketers um doing one big mistake they start collecting lots of data they're using all those uh marketing analytics tools and then they see with this data and they don't even understand what to do with it like how to read this data like okay i have all these like ten thousand response but i don't understand what to do with it you know so um so so yeah, be, be, be specific, set those goals, like understand what are you looking for, what challenges you're trying to solve there. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: So um, do you prefer now uh, virtual events or do you still want to go back to in-person events? Oh,
0: 100% I want to go to the live, to in-person events. I mean, (laughs) there is no substitution. I mean, let's be be honest. We are not substituting in-person events with virtual events. It's just a a temporary adjustment and it's just add on to the in-person events. That's what we're dealing with. But however, I I was I was telling that at at the end of last year because I started seeing it that there are more industries that would never think of doing events or like open up for different opportunities to be creative in what they produce and how they produce and thinking different they start doing that because because there are more opportunities uh, with. um, Uh, lower costs involved you know for instance would you ever uh, consider yourself as a let's say summit organizer but in person do you think you have enough budget to to rent even one room at the hotel to organize something I don't think so we don't have this kind of money unless you work for a for a, for a company where you have your own business and you have all this and like, budget set, set up you know some, but the, the deeper you start digging in it the, the the crazier those prices go you know you don't even realize how much you need to spend on that but with a virtual it. event with a virtual event you can start a facebook group and go live um, twice or three times a week and you start growing your community and then you can switch uh, to a platform. Yes, you might invest a little bit on like your own money in it, but then you actually will make a profit off of it. Um, and we, we have a mutual um, a colleague of ours, uh, Daniel, who the greatest example of how, how it turned out for him. I mean, that was, that was phenomenal i'm still yeah. um I'm still keep thinking how he succeeded because he followed all the right um all the right pinpoints there, you know, so I think more and more unexpected industries will come up with events with virtual events, uh, but eventually everything will turn into in person events like slowly, gradually, like with small groups, then it will turn into hybrid and then we'll be fine with. Uh, Having just uh, just uh, uh, in-person events, large in-person events, maybe not this year, definitely, but in a couple of years for sure.
1: Yeah. So. Like right now, uh, I'm in uh, South Carolina. All of these buildings are for sale. They're really cheap, and I really want one. Or I could just get some land and put a metal building on it. i was like, in-person events are gonna come back. I just, I just really hope so. <laughs>
0: yeah 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 but just think about it talk talk more um to people who are organized used to organize in-person events just to understand the the volume of what comes with in-person events because you cannot treat virtual event like in-person event these are two completely different types of events uh in terms of what what you invest in and what you use and what tools you're using for it you know for instance if um if, if for the in-person event you are renting the venue translates to paying for the virtual platform virtual solution platform right you're charging for tickets here you're charging for the tickets let's say from $500 to like $1,000, for the online event, you most likely, your most expensive ticket is going to be $500. So, but, the, at, but at the same time, the venue will cost you, I don't know, it, it could go up to like $100,000 from top of my head, just because if you're renting something um, empty building, think about renting um, uh, furniture, like. Like small things, just like tables and uh, chairs, right? Then all the AV costs, uh, all the um, yeah. internet. Internet is the most expensive um, uh, item on um, on this list. I mean, there are so many things that falls into like logistic and organizational things that when you think of organizing virtual events, you see like you clearly see the difference in price, um, in in um, in the effort. Uh, food and beverage oh my god that 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 alone will cost you I don't even like one I, I mean it depends on how many people you invite so. yeah so
1: yeah all those little things add up now I would have thought catering yeah. would have been most expensive not internet I'm thinking it's supposed to be free right <laughs> but oh well yeah <laughs> so um hopefully in let's say let's give it 2 years fingers crossed we're back to um in person events so you would keep the virtual would you do um backstage pass, passes as virtual or would you just do um keep your um every two every twice once a year virtual events
0: Um, if it was up to me, it depends, it depends on what kind of industry I am, what is the purpose of those events and so on and so forth, because the, um, the conference that I used to work with, unfortunately (laughs) that, that company does not exist anymore. Uh, we had to shut down that business, not COVID related, unfortunately, but, um, uh, if if th- that was the beauty of it, because you, as a small business, not belonging to a big brand like Salesforce or Inbound or something like that, you know, you can actually experiment as much as you want. You want to do it five times a year? Go ahead, do it five times a year. One one time, we did six conferences a year. It was exhausting. No one actually liked it, and we realized that not a good strategy, to be honest, Mm -hmm. because we did not make enough money um, that we projected. So the uh, expenses were higher than the profit. The loss is higher than the profit. Um, You need a way bigger team. And our team was only like four people working full-time and the rest are seasonal. And that's that's very hard, you know? (laughs) And we worked in like five different time zones. So, and in, in we did this conference in different locations and one of the conference was in Atlanta and it was horrible hurricane there. So we, we didn't even know if the conference is going to happen until the day of the conference. Um, so there are so many unpredictable things. So I say experiment based on, again, on your goals. Set the goal first, like yeah. go with the goal, you know, like, but you need to be very, very, Firm and clear. What do you want? What are you looking for? Um, so yeah, and then and then you can you can do as many as you want. Some 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 brands doing like fifty events a year. Wow, um, <laughs> why not? Why not? If you have a budget and if you feel like this is something that brings you new clients or it brings you profit, it's it's a brand awareness. Again, depends on the goal. So there is What's truly up? no limit
1: what's the smallest budget you ever worked with to pull off a a virtual event?
0: Mm, I think it was this year at the very very first virtual event. Um, I cannot tell you like exactly how much money we had because basically we didn't have any budget for the event. So I say minimum budget that I worked with was zero. (laughs) <laughs> so it's basically you need to go around the room around your vendors and convince them to work with you on a barter basis. Wow. Crazy idea <laughs> but possible again. But it works only if you're in a long trusting relationship with your vendors and they know that you will come through eventually. They just trust you. So basically they would give you use the platform what not in um, in advance? So that's 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 how we did our first event. It was incredible because um, we 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 needed we we wanted to go live. But we didn't even have money to invest in any live streaming. So we had to go with uh, with the platform that we used before, but with a very like special arrangements and special um, plans that they uh, that they let us use. Then it was um, um, we worked with Hay Summit and we um, we explained our situation as a small business who basically, yeah, so our, our business is basically, um, is like tickets and sponsorships and events and it's not happening. So we are in a great jeopardy at that point, you know? So um, th- this is exactly was the problem for us. And when we ask, hey, Summit, like, hey guys, do, do you have any, any room for us to still keep our event on your platform, but we just cannot afford um, monthly payment? And they were generous enough, and they had this special uh, program for small businesses who uh, basically get, get frustrated and damaged by COVID. You know, so they gave a special rate there. So I mean, there there are so many solutions for that if you if you have minimum, minimum of the budget. So yeah, instead of all these Facebook ads that we usually would go like full mode for promoting our in-person events, we went with our media partners, um, just exchanging email blasts, social media posts, and so on and so forth. Strategically choose the right um, the right partner who can help you spread the word about your event. It's very very important. So you can save a lot by creating these incredible network around you, for sure.
1: That's great, having so many people willing to help you. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, uh, I'm a fan of uh, Chris Bayless. Um, He runs the Sponsorship Collective, and he says, if you bother, you're leaving sponsorship dollars on the table. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. Because your story just made me think you work with great people already, just donating mm. that stuff but he says bartering is a uh, possible sponsorship
0: we did a lot of um so uh we had we had a line of um we had a list of paid sponsors um and we had a list of barter sponsors again it depends it depends on what kind of value you can offer to a sponsor and what sponsor can uh, offer you in return if you feel like this is a good match in that your business, like you can help each other businesses, I say go with it. Um, if you don't see the value, if the sponsors don't don't see the value, first of all, they won't sign up for a barter, for, for the barter deal, right? And why would you need that? I mean, if you have nothing to offer, don't try to overpromise. And go over like over your head, like don't do that. Like I, I'd rather uh, not work with people um, than I would promise them something that I'm not able to deliver. So um, that's that's how I feel it should be. Um, it should be done at that point for sure. But I don't see anything bad in barter deals why not just just one one thing to keep in mind is that when you when you barter with someone it has a little bit less responsibility and the it blurs the lines of the the the, um uh to deliver like the, the deliverability is kind of blurred you know because sometimes you would hire someone to help you with something like let's say designer and so like if you help me to design these um ad banners uh for instance and i'm going to put your logo on the website is that enough motivation for them probably not but they still want to do that but they don't, don't they will never put you on the priority list because you don't pay them because those people get paid per hour you know per actual labor you know so Um, So it's, yeah, it's much easier to go with someone who is offering you software use because it's, it's not like, it's not going to cost them anything to be honest, to use their software, but they still get in value of what you're doing. But if you involve someone who is, who is actually working, like putting their, Uh, like, man hours into that, be very cautious, and I don't, I'm not a fan of these kind of border deals, for
1: sure. understand. I mean, I've always liked bordering, but uh, when he brought that up, I was like, is that true? So, I had to ask. (laughs) So, um, going forward now, um, still in uh, virtual events, do you um, have, uh, like, I was told that I should have a signature um, event. What do you think about having a signature signature event?
0: Signature event. Um, Again, what is your goal? (laughs) Your goal is to put your brand out there. Your goal is to put your name out there. Do you have a product? Um, Who are you? What are you doing? So define, define, define your goal that's that's the most important if you have a product go for it you I I think it's it's beautiful to put uh, a signature event like most of those brands this is exactly what they're doing right now like I already signed up for like two or three of signature events um, uh, um, organized by brands you know so it, and I know, like, like Salesforce, uh, Salesforce, they have the Dreamforce. That's that's the signature event. What's harm in it? No harm. It's it's beautiful thing. It's it's an amazing thing what they do, what they manage to organize because they have this probably unlimited budgets and great talent to put everything together. You know, as a small business, again, we created growth marketing conference and that was the signature thing and for us you know and people knew growth marketing conference name so they would be willing to come to our virtual events and our meetups uh, and all other initiatives that we would start uh, doing and putting our logo on so yeah of course and we would have our Flagship event every year at the end of the year in December, and people were anticipating it. I don't, I don't see harm in it. But again, before you start doing your signature event, you need to be like, you need to start to be recognizable, <laughs> you know, because you cannot start your first event and like this is my signature event, signature of what? <laughs> like who are you? <laughs> I you know, it's like, yeah, it's like going out and like, um, let me give you my autograph and. <laughs> Why are you again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, the same with the event. So, yeah,
1: so, um, uh, I guess a build up to that would to be to build up your content. And, um, I've always heard that, uh, virtual events is a great form of uh, content marketing. Agree or disagree?
0: Um, oof. Such a tough question these days. I mean, because we got flooded by content. It's, it's like, it's coming from everywhere, like everywhere, whether it's like social media, every brand is doing content, every business doing content. It's, it's tough right now to pick um, from, from this huge pile of <laughs> content, something that you really need. But I think what's going to happen this year, it's going to be more refined. It's going to be more refined because people will be more selective in what they want, uh, what they want exactly, um, what the what the delivery they want. Because you know, we are we we observing information differently. Some are visuals. Like I'm a I'm a I'm a visual, I'm 100% visual. So I really like seeing um seeing not presentations per se but i still i i understand numbers let's say better if you show them to me so i do like i do like listening but mixed with the visual so for me it's better absorption than just reading plain text for instance so blogs i'm forcing myself sit and read an article or blog I get absolutely distracted. So I'm easily distracted uh, from um, let's say plain text rather than a video, you know? So first of all, I think it depends on the delivery of this content and um, not even the quality because what what I've understood and what I've learned that it doesn't really matter what you put there. There is always someone who will find it useful you know um, because for some people uh, it could be too advanced for some people it could be exactly what they were looking for sometimes you can say like I, I go to all these like event organ- organizing like um, events or groups or um, like workshops and like one of the events that I attended yesterday was organized by um, this event solution platform and they were giving tips on how to organize, like what you, what not to forget while you're organizing your virtual events. I don't want to brag, I don't want to say anything, but I do have experience So pretty much everything they were saying. I'm like, okay, I know that, like tell me something new, but that's for me because I've been doing it for five years now, you know? But for people who are just starting, they were like, "Oh my God, this is great advice." really. I mean, like, like this is obvious. <laughs> so you see, so there is always a content for someone, you know. So I don't think people should be afraid of posting their thoughts and their expertise there, sharing it, charging for it, because when you look at when you, when you look at this work, you understand that you actually took your time to learn about it, to study this, to talk to people, you invested your, you invested your time, you invested money into that. So it's, I don't think it should be a problem to charge for something like that. So I say contents, yes, definitely. It's just will come out in different forms and shapes but the quality of it is going to be better depending on the industry. Um, Like marketers, extremely picky, know exactly what they want. Um, And yeah, they're just spoiled. So it's going to be probably the hardest group to sell to. The rest of us, I I don't think so. I don't think so.
1: I think that's true. Like Mm -hmm. I'm a marketer and I kind of want things the my way <laughs> like can i have this as a lifetime deal no mm-hmm. why not have you spoken to Absumo lately yeah i've only done that to one uh, one company uh toasty but um mm-hmm. he was a nice guy um that's cool so um i'm a fan of gary vaynerchuk and he says that content should be free mm-hmm. but i also want to sell tickets for summits so i'm torn can i get your opinion on that
0: sure yeah the content should be free it's easy to say when you again you work for a big company you get paid to create content and post it on your company's page you know of course it's very easy when you have a company that has a budget to organize everything you know and um, and, and the goal is like demand gen, and the goal is brand awareness and thought leadership. Go, go, go for it. Give it for free, of course. And when you're a small business and your bread and butter is actually content, like those tickets in exchange for content, because again, why would I give it for free? Um, I worked for it. That's my full-time job to bring this, and this full-time job pays through the, the basically co- like all this ticket sales covers my full-time job. You know, it's there is no brand that has product and basically getting money from this product and then pays my salary. It's like there are two different ways about it. About it. It's like it depends on what kind of content we're talking about. So I'm not a fan of Gary.
1: <laughs> so
0: I, I I disagree. I don't think so.
1: I don't think so. It's okay. So. I also yeah. read from um, Eventbrite that uh, a minimum ticket should not be free, that it should be a minimum of $5 because mm-hmm. uh, people will be more likely to show up if they invested even that little bit of $5. So it's so, like
0: hmm yeah, go ahead. I was gonna Sorry. say, you
1: just um, confirmed that for me. So no mm-hmm. more um, free conferences for me.
0: <laughs> so uh, he- he- here's is, here is the thing about difference of like free limited, like freemium, and then charge it for something. This is, this is what works the best. Um, I think lots of people will be stopped from and prevented from buying uh, even $5 ticket and you will lose money and you will lose um, a lead basically. So I say my favorite formula, give free access, but be very clear that you give an access for free for only like two or three sessions. There is no networking. There is no access to my library, like nothing, but you get the gist of it. Like uh, something like a community pass, for instance, Uh, So they can just get around, you know, and become part of your community. So you got the lead. And then you can create a drip campaign to upsell those tickets, to explain all the benefits that they're they're missing out. And then you have paid ticket, because I surveyed people, um, attendees. And I asked them specifically, why did they pay for the ticket? And they said, because of of the convenience of watching it on demand, because I cannot spend all day watching your sessions. But as soon as I saw that it's included in in the ticket, I paid for it because my company actually paid for it. Here you go. So I, I say even $5, I mean, it might sound not that much, but I wouldn't pay. Like I wouldn't pay five dollars. Like, what is this five dollars? Because again, like you give me five dollars now, um, what, what it's going to do to you? Especially with vent bride who collects like I don't know a bajillion percentage uh, of the, those fees. Like what is going to do to you? I don't I, I I don't see the value of it. It's it's not going to do that much of a profit for you to be honest. So I say limited free tickets upsell um, all access ticket. I think that that makes so much sense. And there's okay. so many variables on tickets. So like, and, and it's, it's, it's up to you how you want to restrict or do not restrict something. Um, some people give like one day free and then they upsell tickets or something like that. I, I, I feel like the best formula is just give a teaser a little bit. And then, um, yeah, and then they will end up paying. That's it. And always when you promote your event, when you promote paid events, never sell a full price ticket. That's a huge mistake. That would scare off everyone from your event. What you need to do, you need to always promote promotions and discounts that will attract people it's a simple user psychology because just just think about yourself during black friday what do you want <laughs> you want to see all those like 70 80 percent discounts and it triggers instantly in your head oh my god i will never get these um these huge discount again because what because the number is very high 80 percent. oh my god Second of all, urgency. Oh my God! It's only Black Friday and it's gonna be end soon. Um, and third is like, oh my God! This is a great deal. One lifetime great. One once a year great deal. So there we go.
1: Now I'm torn. I'm I'm a fan of uh, Ramit Sethi who says never discount. But at the same time, I know that you're very good at your job and I believe you. So never discount. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> I I think which what, what what. What's meant by that is again, be smart. So this is how it works. This is the hack. <laughs> no one was aware of that. So actually, the price of the ticket, let's say, ninety-seven dollars, and that's your original price. But what you want to do, you want to send them to the page that says original price five hundred, like nine hundred. Oh no, four hundred ninety-seven dollars. Then you cross it and you put $97 and it's about 80% discount, but your original price is 97. That's how you never discount, but you kind of sell it with the original price. But again, this is how it works. (laughs) This is how all the shops, this is how all e-commerce work. This is is how marketing works. This is the user psychology.
1: Everything I see on YouTube that's talking to me about e-commerce, I'm like, skip, but now I'm gonna pay more attention to it. Oh yeah, no, no. It's it's a great,
0: it's a great way to learn about sales, I, say, I mean ticket sales, like understand the psychology, like why they why they do what they do, because you know that you know that when you go to the store and you see the price of whatever of let's say this cup is like ten dollars, but you know that the real price of this cup is probably two dollars. <laughs> so you know that the it's I mean, there are so many factors. So you need to um but be, before before you just put a random number on your ticket go and do simple math like what is the cost per um per a customer um that's what you need to do uh cpc you need to do simple math like how much did you invest in platform and advertisement and whatever involves in it put a price on it and then you can do the math basically uh, this okay. is how you, yeah, this is how you will figure out the right price for your ticket. And this is how you will understand if you are equaling to zero. So you like, basically you spend hundred dollars, you got a hundred dollars or you can spend hundred dollars and you can get
1: $500 because the price was right. So, so itemize all of your tasks and uh, figure out a price for it. Exactly. exactly. Okay. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. hmm it's neat I don't know why I've never thought about that before um Ooh, how nice. I priced my uh last summit um I just asked all of my speakers what, um it was for um graphic designers uh mm-hmm. freelancers becoming business owners so um <laughs> all the um the women I spoke to in the conference they were agency owners so I just asked them how much they thought and that's the price I put on there so.
0: well it's uh, one one way one way is to basically measure the temperature, you know, like to understand like what people are willing to pay. Because um, again, going back to my survey that I that I did, I asked people how much, like, what would be the maximum that they would pay, and um, <clears throat> that was very helpful because, like, I, in my in my head, I, I imagine that probably having a price of like $200 is like the maximum price for the virtual event ticket. But turned out that uh, lots of like marketing agencies, marketing companies, access companies, they do have educational budget. And this is something you do not forget about it. If Especially if you're targeting people from the companies, not self-employed like you and me, They do have budgets, uh, educational budgets for like departments and they can spend those budgets on virtual events. And those budgets can go up to $1,000 because now they don't have to travel. They don't have to pay for hotels. They don't have to pay them any expenses or anything like that. They sit at home, they just swipe the cards there and watching the video, you know, and it costs them three, four, five times less than um, than a trip to San Francisco from Australia, you know? <laughs> so
1: Yeah. I, I was uh, wondering should a virtual event cost less than a live event? Um, I have seen a lot of people do the discounts um, for uh, virtual, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time, I'm thinking if you're giving sponsors the opportunity to be in front of a, a target audience, then that should be worth something not less and that is convenient for um companies to have their people just be at home and still get training it's like Mm -hmm. you're kind of coming to them (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: so um we did we did estimation um and we lowered our prices by 40 percent per sponsorship because again um still figuring out and lots of sponsors still don't understand what kind of value they're getting out of it um i uh, like i don't like and i never support those virtual booths at the event i i simply don't understand the purpose of it it's just basically you sending someone to see it in front of their computers and waiting that someone will stop by your booth I don't understand that. Like for me, it's like a waste of time and waste of money. I don't understand that. So what are you charging for? For having my logo on your website? Um, I don't know, (laughs) it's not worth it in my mind. It's absolutely not worth it. What I want to get is maybe thought leadership. I want to be a speaker at your event because even right now potentially i'm speaking and someone is listening and they are interested in working with me so potentially i can get a new customer at the end of this conversation and this is what this, this is what the sponsor should be doing they should be giving out some really good um, Uh, some some good information and knowledge and share this knowledge and give that out to tease the audience. So they're, oh my God, he knows what he's talking about. And um, they're giving um, talking about study cases, how they use this or that. Maybe I should pick his brains and understand more about certain topics, you know? And he was talking about using the tool like he's his own tool that he's trying to promote, um, and actually, I want to try this because it showed it showed like great results. Like it, whether it's like SaaS tool or something like that, you know, like m- numerous of things like coaches. Like if if we're gonna do like live Q and A with a coach, and I have uh, I have I have this opportunity to ask a coach live question. I will decide that moment if I want to keep working with this person or not. So that's a great opportunity. That's what sponsors should be doing. They should be sharing this knowledge and doing Q&A so they can communicate and they can be as transparent as possible with the audience. Instead of sending your salesperson sitting at the booth, send your person to the live chat while you speaking on the screen. So the salesperson engaging in conversation in your live chat. Boom, this is how you get your customers, at least spark an interest. And virtual booths are like, I don't know, waste of money and time. So I I would say like don't invest in that for sure.
1: That's a really great idea sending them to the live chat. I like that. Mm-hmm. But I guess we should uh, wrap up now. Do you wanna tell people where they can find you just in case there are some sponsors out there who wanna work with you? Or uh... I'm not sure if I'm frozen or you're froze. <laughs> well, um, I can put on the in the comments, uh, your contact information, and maybe they can uh, find you on um, LinkedIn. Hello again. <laughs> hey. Okay. Okay.
0: Now, now, I guess. I guess now we're back. Okay. Good question. So, um, um, I, I I'll, I'll probably go ahead and just post all my credentials on Facebook page. Okay. Uh, but yeah feel free to find me on linkedin um i know my my last name is a disaster so <laughs> i'm just gonna face it um from the facebook uh yeah and i'm gonna post my email there and uh, my linkedin yeah you can okay. reach out to me by um uh, yeah by email and linkedin i would love to chat and answer any
1: any questions if you have that that was it for me but um I appreciate you uh, giving us your time and your information, sharing all of your knowledge with us. So thank you <laughs> For sure.
0: Um, I'm honored to be your first guest, so uh, thank you so Woo-hoo! much and I hope of, yeah <laughs> congratulations. So yeah, great <laughs> job, Erica. Great job moderating everything and great questions. I really appreciate it. I'm wishing you all the best and good luck. I know that your your your, your community will grow um, and you'll hit your goal. Um, because you you clearly know what you want. So you're on, uh, on the right path. So yeah, I'm here to support you anytime. Just let me know. All right, appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye.